Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Podcast. And if you download this episode, that means tonight you're listening to our episode of Top 3 Video Games of Past Present. This is Jordan along here with always Brother Brandon. Hello, everyone. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. I got a little bit of a cold working its way through my system, so if I, if I sound a little off or take weird breaks in my sentences, it's because it's I have a cold. Well, fuck, this episode's ruined. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Fuck you guys yourself. have a good week. We'll right. see you next uh, yep. see next you time. Next week. All right. Have a good night. So we're gonna do the friends test then to see how sick you actually are. Okay. So my my wife's and I one of our favorite shows is Friends, and you have to say the word fine. If you say fine, the way it sounds, then you're not really sick. Oh, okay. But it, it, but if you put a D at the end, then you're stuffed up. So uh, how are you feeling? I'm not. I don't think I'm that bad. But go ahead. I I, I feel fine. Fine. What? Fine. Fine. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Head go. See, friends, doesn't lie. There you go. <laughs> Does not lie. So besides the head cold, uh, I hope everybody's doing good. Uh, I'm excited because I get a chance to talk about some video games that I played when I was a young whippersnapper and, and some games that influenced me. I know Brother Brandon has played some too, and I'm sure he got influenced a lot. Yeah, I mean, it. I actually came into video games a little late, um, but... Uh, as late meaning probably oh, 13, 14 is when I finally uh, was able to buy myself a couple of systems from a, from a flea market. I got uh, PlayStation 1 and then the Sega Genesis and the SNES. SNES. <laughs> so that was where the, uh, like the first ones I f- really could just sit down and get to play as a, uh, well, I guess at that point a teenager. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and just like in every other of our uh, top episodes, like our top five episodes or whatever we've done. Our list episodes. Our, our list episodes. Thank you so much. This is just like our, our top five episodes. We're just doing top three tonight. So each of us will be able to talk about our piece and everything about it. So, But we'll go ahead and kick it off real quick. And uh, I guess we'll just go uh, you know, this way. The audience can't see. The, the listeners can't see. But, <laughs> um, but I'll start off here with... I'm going to do my number three favorite game franchise, uh, and that will be a trilogy. And that will be the Mortal Kombat trilogy. Not the game Mortal Kombat trilogy. I don't want to confuse the people. (coughs) Because you got Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, you got Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, and then you got Mortal Kombat trilogy. Why is it called, why is the fourth one called trilogy? Because Mortal Kombat trilogy has all the stages and all the characters from all three games. Oh, okay. And then you have Mortal Kombat 4, and then blah, blah, blah. But Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3. Holy shit. (laughs) Wow. So. It was the pinnacle, almost, of fighting games at the time. Yes. Now, a little history to the fans and to you guys, if you guys don't know yet. But Ed Boon and something Tobias. I forget his last name. Um, one, huh? No. no, not Wolf. But uh, but the two game creators wanted to do um, a video game based off a movie, Bloodsport, which would have been a game starring Jean Claude Van Damme. And if you've ever played, what the, was his name? Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. And if you ever played the first Mortal Kombat game, then you would see that Johnny uh, that Johnny. Uh, it's Cage, isn't it? Johnny Cage looks just like. Jean-Claude Van Damme. What was his name? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Why do you keep on asking me? It sounds like you're saying it weird. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the guy who played Universal Soldier. So, um, but anyway. 
So Mortal Time Kombat, Cop? I find Desert Heat, <laughs> Lionheart. I do believe. I do like Lionheart. No, I don't. So I first got introduced to Mortal Kombat. So the audience does not know this, but you two guys would. So in our little town here, right, mm-hmm. where Subway is now, that used to be a mom and pop pizza joint. And that mom and pop pizza joint had two arcade games. It had Centipede, and it had Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat. So this was 93, 94, maybe 95, I don't know, like around that time period. And when we would go to order a pizza, my mom would sit and wait, and I would play Mortal Kombat until my mom decided to go up and say, what are you actually playing, and saw the blood and the fatalities, and said, you're not allowed to play this shit. You're right. Lisa. right, so I wasn't allowed to play the first Mortal Kombat. 1997 rolls around, 96, 97, around that time, and Dad gives me a Sega Genesis for Christmas. And it comes, back in the day, fans, when you bought a system, it came with games in the system. Sometimes they still do. So Okay, well, I had Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Mortal Kombat 2. I played Mortal Kombat 2... For years, loved that game. Was this before the rating system? What did the ratings... no no races came in because of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So this, so Mortal Kombat Two was the start okay. of the rating system. So they, was that is that rated M? M for mature, yeah. And they sold that with the system. Wow. Yep. Hmm. Similar times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's 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 crazy because because you got Sonic, who is kid as kid can get, and then you got. A guy who can turn into a dragon who bites a guy in half. <laughs> so you got, you know, a no rating game, and then you got a mature rating. No PG thirteen in between. Yeah. Who was your uh, Who was your favorite character? I had a few, but the one that I always go right off the bat for, of course, was Liu Kang. Okay. Uh, but then when I wanted to feel a little squirrely, I got myself some Sub Zero. Nice, nice. I got myself some Sub Zero, but um. What got me into it so hardcore was the movie came out in 1995. Yeah. Also came out that year was Mortal Kombat 3. And I remember, to this day, like it happened yesterday, I called Video Connection every day for a month (laughs) to see if they had a copy of Mortal Kombat 3 available. Because it was just such a big deal. Uh... Good luck, kid. Yeah, pretty much. It was it was because all they had was like two or three copies. <laughs> so then, then the one day they go, "Yes, we have it." I shit. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. But the funny thing about Mortal Kombat three that I always found interesting is that they neglected to take out some of their main characters in that game, and then they reintroduced them in the other updated games. So you have Mortal Kombat one, two, and then Mortal Kombat three. Mortal Kombat three, there's no Raiden. No Raiden? No Raiden. <laughs> no Scorpion. Is that way? Is Raiden the dude with the hat? Yeah. Okay. The like Thunder God? Yeah. Raiden, who is arguably, besides Liu Kang, you know, the guy that's on the posters, he's not in the game. And then neither is Scorpion. Mm. How do you not have Scorpion into the game? And then Sub-Zero actually was not in the game, technically. So... I always find it interesting that you have your three big main characters that are not even in the third game. I always find it interesting. interesting. It's a bold move. It is. Mortal Kombat 2 is still my favorite. Uh, that's when they introduced the animalities. That's when they introduced two fatalities, not just one. Yeah. 
And as also you had nine stages instead of five <laughs> stages. So you had more traps. Man, I... To be frank with you, I I can't think of a time that I ever sat down and fully played a Mortal Kombat game. It was oh. always something that I... Going over to, to a friend's house, mm -hmm. uh, I always watched more than anything. I've played shit ton of Street Fighter, um, but in, in terms of Mortal Kombat, I'm kind of clueless. I mean, I, I, I'm aware of characters and I'm aware of the settings and, and you know storylines, but physically sitting down and playing from start to finish, I've never done. What about you, Ryan? Same boat. Uh, really? I've never. I, I, I've actually never played Mortal Kombat all the way through. Oh my god! It is mostly yeah, because I'm not a huge into fighter games. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's because my trouble is it's uh, I it's always been the combo system to learn the combo moves for yeah. every character. I'm just like, eh. I just I, I think I just think it the game. I don't, I don't know if you guys have the same experience with it as I do, but it's not. I don't think a game is is fun or has a lot of repeat playability if it's just a button masher. Like, if you can kind of just mash buttons and beat somebody, which I've had that. Like, I've done that to people. People have done that to me. It's just it's frustrating. and just I think it, the replayability goes down. It, it does. It, it wears thin. Even with, um, like, Injustice, the Injustice game should be something right up my alley. You know, DC characters smashing into DC characters. And then even Injustice 2, they brought in Hellboy. They brought in the Ninja Turtles. And um, but still, like, I, I was excited. I got Injustice 2, played it for a week, and returned it. Because I got to a point where... You're seeing all of the major. You're seeing all the super moves over and over, and you're building up your character to an ungodly amount that has no end. You know their level, their level increases. So it's just it became something that was just redundant. Which is why you two would love the first three Mortal Kombat's. Everything that you guys have just described does not exist in Mortal Kombat one, two, and three. You can't just mash buttons. You can, but you can't. And what I mean by that is that the Mortal Kombat system, you could pause the game, mid-game, and it will actually show you the combos for your moves. So you can read your list and study it or write it down on a piece of paper, and then you can start doing the moves. Mm -hmm. Right? You see what I'm saying? I mean, you could pretty much do that with... Like you could do, like what I mentioned, injustice. You could do that with injustice games. As well. Yes. Yeah. But back when you played those games originally, you just couldn't go up and just punch a guy repeatedly until he was done. Unless he was inexperienced. Like if you maybe, completely. Yeah. If you go up against an experienced player, yeah. button mashing will not save you. And button mashing does not save you when you play against the computer and the tournament mode. Right. So I, it's just, I love this. I love the story of the original trilogy of Mortal Kombat. Every story since. Every game since the original trilogy of Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, has sucked. Yes, even Mortal Kombat X sucks. <laughs> even the remake of Mortal Kombat sucks. I haven't played any of those yet. It's just, it's not, it's not what it, uh, the remake of Mortal Kombat, the one that came out a few years prior, you know, like five, six years ago now, that's just one, two, and three mashed into one story. Okay. I like, I like the addition in the later games they added with uh, the internal damage that you get to see happen. Like oh, the X-ray? Yeah, yeah. The X-ray. That's yeah. a pretty neat addition. Well, it's just, okay, so like, I'm not to go on more, we'll go on more, but it's just, I love the story of that every hundred years, there's a Mortal Kombat tournament because there's different realms. 
So fighters get selected from these different realms to fight in one location for the tournament. Whoever wins five tournaments in a row is allowed to overrun and control a realm of their choosing. It, they, so. they almost, Mortal, if I'm remembering right, Mortal Kombat almost has its own multiverse as well. It does. Yeah. So then by the time that the first Mortal Kombat game comes out, the Emperor Shao Kahn, who is right-hand man as Shang Tsung, they have won all these Mortal Kombats. They've taken over every single world, and the last realm to get is Earth Realm. Hmm. And they have beat the Earth Realm before. So if they beat him again, it's over with. And that's when Liu Kang comes in, and Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade, yeah. and then that's how they win. Mortal Kombat 2, Shang Tsung goes to Shao Kahn and says, let's have a tournament here in Outworld, the world that you control. They have a tournament, humans win again, Shao Kahn Piss says, fuck it, I'm going to invade Earthrealm anyway. And that's when the third game happens in the streets of L.A., streets <laughs> of New York, subway systems and stuff. Yeah. Like, I just I just love that storyline. And, of course, there are rules in Mortal Kombat. You have the Elder Gods who created the Mortal Kombat tournament system. And if you break those rules, there are repercussions for it. It's just, it's just a great, interesting mythology story. Right. And then you got Deadly Alliance, who is number five. You got Deception, which is number six. You got Armageddon, which is number seven. Just very, very cheesy bad games. You got Bull Wright Cho in those games. Who, who was, was he? Bull Wright Cho got introduced in the fifth or sixth game, and he is Luke Kang's master. Okay. But his fighting style is Drunken Master, so he's literally uh, drunk. Yeah, yeah. When he's fighting, he has a big cauldron or something that he's always holding. <laughs> and his finishing move is barfing acid on you. Oh, nice. And if and also his second finishing move is deadly fart gas. <laughs> Are you sure it's a Mortal Kombat game and not like a parody? No, it's Mortal Kombat. Hmm. All right. But Mortal Kombat Trilogy... We all have our pitfalls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys... So, I guess the MRN of Mortal Kombat, if anybody has an interest in playing some old-school classics games, it's completely free, and it's legal, but go to the website S-Sega. So, S-Sega. Mm -hmm. So, two S's, Sega. Dot com, and you can play all three games, emulator games. Oh, Nice. And you can play it on your computer, on your laptop, whatever. You can play all three games like they are meant to be played. It's a great, fun time. I do that a lot. also do Alien vs. Predator on that a lot. And there it is. <laughs> tie in. Every episode. Which That's I'm going to tie in, too. I've got the shirt. Oh, Alien shirt. What Look the... Look at that. Where the fuck did you get that from? Box lunch. Fucking suck my dead. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so, uh, Brother Brandon, what's your number three? Um, I, I explained it to the guys before the show. I, All three games are going to be on the same level of playing field for me. I just broke them down differently. Uh, so, like, the entry I'm about to say now was the game that inspired me as a kid and got me into cartoons as well. Uh, another one is one I just constantly play over and over and over. And then the last one being one that inspired me as an adult. So, for this one that inspired me as a kid is uh, Sega Genesis release of Earthworm Jim. I only and, played the first one. Yeah. Um, Earthworm Jim is everything to me. I, it's it's what got me into writing. It's what got me into cartoons. It's what got me into character building. 
uh, mostly because of his insane villains, like his arch nemesis Psycho, Queen Slug for a butt, Major Mucus, <laughs> Bob the Killer Goldfish. Um, I don't know. It's the it's, Killer Goldfish. Yeah. Literally, like from American Dad, Goldfish in a Bowl. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if anyone who's not aware of Earthworm Jam, essentially, uh, Psycho is taking the super suit to Queen Slug for a butt. Uh, it, something happens, and he loses the suit, it falls to Earth, and Earthworm Jim, just who is a, a basic Earthworm, is crawling out of the ground at the same time that the suit lands on him, and then, voila, you get Earthworm Jim. So, <laughs> so he has the head of an Earthworm, but is his whole body human, like in the... No, no, his whole body, his inner body is earthworm. It's just the suit gives him anthropomorphic human abilities. Like, the suit gives him, you know, human arms, hands, feet, and he has super strength. Human brain, too, because earthworms don't. Well, it's not so much a human brain as he has, like, human consciousness. Like, he's able to perceive and act in a humanistic way. Who's his hot girl sidekick? Uh, it is Princess What's-Her-Name. <laughs> Which was made... Because it was a, it was made to parody all the princesses that all the games at the time you had to save the princess and what was her name, you know? So it's so it's so it's so it's Mario, it's Peach. He's In he's, a sense. he's 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 so the first game Earthworm Jim is trying to save Peach. I guess you could say in a sense. Is it? Yeah, I mean, but it is mostly his own adventures. Is it a side scroller? Yep, two D side scroller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, creator is Doug Tenapple. He's a uh, an amazing guy. He's got some great. Uh, uh, graphic novels, one of my favorite being Iron West. I would check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but yeah, Earthworm, I mean, there's not much really more to say about it. It's it's a basic, straightforward game. It didn't end up going into a cartoon series. I don't oh, know did you, it? Yeah, you guys ever seen the cartoon? No. Ever seen the cartoon no. Oh, I've got the complete series on DVD. We may have to sit down and watch a couple The complete of series? Yeah, Is it only lasted a season. Only a season on Cartoon Network, I'm assuming? WB Kids. Of course it did. I'm assuming that was in the era where everything had a cartoon, like they had the Mass cartoon and yep, Dumb yep. Dumber, oh, Ace, yeah. Ventura. Ace Ventura. Oh yeah. my God, those three were terrible. The Mummy. Yes. The Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you have the arch villain's name is Psycho. Psycho, and he's an alien outer space villain. Uh, technically, yeah, but he is. He has the body of a crow. He has the body of a crow. Right. But he's a space crow. He could say that. Okay. All right. So space crow, and, I, and I'm not making fun. I'm just trying to simplify it so I understand. So space crow is like, I'm going to take over the world. No, it's not so much taking over because they're not fully aware. I mean, they're sort of cognizant of Earth, but they're not so aware of Earth that they want to take over Earth. He's just simply transporting a suit, the so, super suit to Queen Slug for a month. So who created the super suit? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so then he takes it to Queen Slug because what? Slug for a butt. Slug for a, a butt. butt. Yeah. B-U-T-T. Yeah. Slug for a butt. Then the only reason why I'm, because I, I, if I'm remembering right, the cartoon does not explain the suit much. And I think it maybe it does in the later games, because there's Earthworm Jim 2, Earthworm Jim 3D. Huh? Um, and I know a couple more after. How, uh, how long is the game? Like, how many levels? You could get through it probably in a solid three, four hours. Okay. Three, four hours? Easily. Wow, easy. that's long for back then. Well, I mean, I mean, not really. I mean, the game I'm going to talk about later is roughly the same amount of time. Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, because you can get through like a new Call of Duty in two hours. So but it's, it's one of those games too that your first run through it'd be three to four, but once you keep playing and playing and know the patterns and know you what know you it. need to get, you can get through it probably in a couple. So was its main port Sega or was it Nintendo? It was Sega. So Sega was the main port. Mm -hmm. So it was made for the older Generation X crowd. I it did go to SNES as well, I believe, Super Nintendo. Yeah. But it, its its main launching pad was Genesis. So then the spacesuit accidentally crash lands on Earth, and why? It's just—it's just a complete co uh, co co coincidence. Yeah, it lands on the and Earth. And just launch. a happy coincidence. It's a moment of fate. Moment of fate. Sure. So then yep. fate happens, and lonely Earthworm, who was not Earthworm Jim name at the time, is just an Earthworm. Just an Earthworm. Just somehow gets attached to the suit. The suit lands on him. The, the suit yeah. lands on an Earthworm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not squishes in it. Okay. All right. It's cartoon. Oh no, no, I'm just trying to. Okay, I'm not making fun of. It. I really yeah, not. Yeah. I have. I have seen the game. This is my Mortal Kombat. I have. I'm sorry. I'm not, this is your guys' Mortal Kombat. I've seen people play it. I've seen YouTube videos about it. I know somewhat about it, but I have personally never played it. So he gets in this super suit. He has the Earthworm head. I know that, mm -hmm. and he has all these, and he has the, all the human appendages. And his goal in the first game is to do what? What is what is the mission? I don't remember because it's I've not played this since I was a teenager. Okay, so it, it could be saving Peach. It, I could, but the only reason why I put this as my number three is because in more instead of video games, it pretty much segued me into cartoons. How That's, did that segue you into cartoons? Because the cartoon was roughly coming out at the same time as the game. Right. Oh, okay. So, you just so with that, I got into Street Sharks. I got into SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron, uh -huh. uh, which is a Hanna Barbera. People forget about that. Fuck me, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly just influenced me in terms of its. I don't even though I don't remember the game as a whole, I can always remember the absurdity, the surrealistic humor. Okay. So that's it. Just influenced more in terms of, you know, at the time the cartoons I were watching were just cheap Hanna Barbera, the. Um, at the time, Nickelodeon still wasn't quite finding its pace, its speed. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It just it, it more influenced my writing abilities too as a kid because I started writing short stories as a kid. Okay. Like short horror stories, short humor stories, and so I mean that's that's why I wanted to include it okay. more than anything. Fair enough. Best friend Ryan, what's your number three? Um, the types of games I I, gen I tend to like are uh, like group activity games. So the more people you can get to play it, the the more fun it is. I, I feel. Wow. Yeah. What? Why? What? Why? World of Warcraft, right? Wow. No. Oh no no no. I don't like. Uh, I'm not a PC gamer. I'm not really a gamer at all. Um, as my number three pick will let you know. Um, I chose the. It's it's a. I'm not gonna differentiate between Guitar Hero and Rock Band. They're basically the same thing. So Rock Band that that series. Mm. Um, does it let you? Uh, I'm not good with instruments. I was in band in sixth grade, but I got kicked out because I never actually bought the instrument I was supposed to be playing, and I've never bothered, like, outside of taking a piano class in college, I've never bothered to learn how to play an instrument, but I've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument, and um, it makes, I mean, playing those games is fun, making you feel like you're a rock star strumming along, um, but I think it's, the, the thing that draws me to it most is that you can actually interact like you have your friends with you playing the game and mm -hmm. and you're all enjoying it when you're successful and you can pick on the person when they're not good at their instrument <laughs> um but yeah that's that's i don't no, know correct me if i'm wrong because i never got into rock band 
The last Guitar Hero game that I played was Guitar Hero 2. There's a lot more. Well, I know there's a lot more, but that was my kind of thing with it. You know, I played 1, I played I played Guitar Hero 1, Guitar Hero 2, and after that I was kind of done. I know they made band versions like Guitar Hero Aerosmith, Guitar Hero Metallica, but the difference between Guitar Hero and Rock Band is Guitar Hero was just the guitar, right? And Rock Band, you can play the guitar, the bass, the you actually have somebody who can sing. Well, Guitar Hero was and the drums. Guitar Hero um, at first was the guitar and the bass, and then um, when Rock Band came out and was successful, they also introduced more instruments. But Rock Band, off the bat, you had the drum kit, the uh, the microphone, the two guitars, and then you can buy um, this thing called a, cl- a clavier, which is kind of like a keytar. Um, That's I, amazing. Yeah, I, I had that. It's it wonderful. So how, okay, so I I know Rock Band, well, I know guitar here where you have to make everything perfect to get a high score, but when you sing, though, do you just have to know the lyrics? How do you judge your singing, or is that not even scored? Um, it is scored, and I'm not good at it. That's the thing I, I am horrible um, at. But it's uh, there's this uh, line that goes through the bar. It's like the lyrics go by, and if you you have to hit the lyrics as well, but then you have to keep your voice meter, like your your pitch, just uh-huh. has to be relative to that line, and that's how it judges. So you. it's it's not judged off if you can actually sing. It's just if you can go with that line. Yeah, if you can stick, if you can stick the arrow, keep yeah. the arrow on the line as it kind of moves and stuff. Like the 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 difficulty levels, it's, yeah. it's impossible. Like I can't barely do it on easy. I can't do it on medium. Yeah, you can't even yeah. do that. Yeah. That's interesting. It's one of those things I again I've I've never been a part of, but it's something I've always been aware of. Other people during it, like late high school. See, that's it's. Uh, it came out when I was in college. Well, my first year of college, they had uh, Rock Band Two or um, Guitar Hero Two had mm-hmm. come out, and uh, that was like I had I moved away, had to live on campus, had to you know meet all these people I never you know I don't really talk to people a whole lot if I can if I can help it. And like this was a this was a way that everybody on the floor kind of bonded because we would sit there and play the game and make fun of each other and stuff like that. And I just I just feel like that's it's a nice community activity video games yeah. for me for that's, the most that's, part. That's died. It's it's over with. They're not making it anymore. Uh yeah, I don't think they are. I think they had um what was it World Tour? Then they tried to do another rock band and it didn't it didn't yeah. sell at all. I own it on PS4. <laughs> I I play it. Really? Four do you actually, yeah. Do you wow. do you have the instruments? I just have the guitar. I'm gonna. Have to, I, I'm next. Ne- yeah, next week I'm gonna have to play that. Okay. <laughs> because I've not played since 2006. Yeah, I've. I mean, I got it for. I think two. I think I got it two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've played it. I I've not played it recently, but I did yeah. play it a lot when I first yeah. got it. Next Wednesday, discussion over with. Okay. Fucking! I have not. I have not picked up one of those things since '06. I'm my my cock's hard right now. Like it's, I don't know exactly what it is about it that I find so much fun. Like, cause I can play it by myself too. Yeah. Um, just like I like I feel a sense of accomplishment when I can do it on expert. Cause you have to move your fingers really fast. Of course. And it's a, it's a hand eye coordination thing. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's a very difficult game to master. Mm-hmm. But yeah, rock band guitar rock heroes. Band, guitar hero. That sounds awesome. Yeah. There actually is a DJ one, too. Yeah, I don't like the game. You actually there have turntables. Yeah. You wow. actually come with two turntables, and you have to <laughs> scratch. It's, it's like, they have one, one of them has the buttons, the four buttons, the red, green, blue, and yellow, and then the other one spins. So, like, you have to, and there's a, there's a knob in the center, so, like, if it tells you, like, 
I, I've only played it twice. I don't like it, but you like it's it was terrible. There sucks. are certain indicators to let you know when you got to spin it, and then sometimes you got to hold in a button and spin. Sometimes you got to use the fader in the center. Well, at this point, Rock Band should release the orchestra version. But I, I would fucking play that. Yeah. Get a just let's like, let's, let's play the tuba. They have the triangle. Just yeah. ding. <laughs> More ding. cowbell. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I guess for my number two, uh, no surprise to Brother Brandon. I want to know what Brother Brandon thinks I'm going to say for my number two. Resident Evil. Oh, the Resident Evil trilogy, the original three again. <laughs> Another trilogy, right? Yeah. Maybe. Resident Evil one, two, and three, a game franchise I, would, I cannot put down. I would consider. Uh, I would actually add an. I know you don't. Yeah. Uh, I would add an additional to make it the anthology, <laughs> or quadrilogy, I should say. Yeah. Resident Evil four is Alien Resurrection of the trilogy. I know we keep saying this. It, yeah. it, it's uh, it's a discussion for another time. We have to. We sh- there should be an honest, even if it's just, maybe if Ryan's the mediator, mm-hmm. <laughs> there should be an honest Resident Evil Four debate. Yes, definitely because well, I hate uh, Resident Evil. about that. I've not played that game. Oh, it's terrible. I've only played the first two. Yeah. Okay. So my, I don't know how bad it is. It's it's not bad. Uh, it just completely rapes, and I mean that literally, <laughs> rapes. A video, the whole video game, video game mythology of yeah forces it, inside of the orifice of the other video game. It literally does. Okay, it, it, it doesn't rape the mythology. It actually does. expands <laughs> upon it a little bit. Kind of does. Kind of does. <laughs> and the reason why is because Resident Evil is zombies in a secluded location or in Raccoon City, right? Number four takes place right after Resident Evil Nemesis, and it follows Leon, which everybody creams over Leon. And fuck Leon, I want Jill. I don't know why everybody loves Leon. But he needs to save the president's daughter. I've heard that a thousand times. And they're not zombies. They're infected with a bug called Lost Plagueis. Okay. And they're just they're just infected with a parasite. They don't eat you. They're not zombies. They just are mindless, weapon-wielding... What, what year did it come out? 2004? Yeah. So is it inspired by 28 Days Later? I would argue. No. It it is different than twenty because because twenty days like no I mean like I mean literally, the lost Plagueis I'd say, zombies are are not zombies. I mean like I don't know I'd say they talk I'd say it's more Lovecraftian than anything yeah I mean oh, like okay. I mean like the people who are in the villages because it also takes place in Europe the people who are infected by this virus they can talk they it's not like they can't hold a conversation it's they very like yeah. mind controlled it's very mind controlled they're not zombies oh and that's you want what, resident evil to be zombies that's what that's well, what resident evil is technically they are the definition of a zombie is being under a type of mind control one could argue that white zombie from the 30s came up before night living dead and i understand that but night living well, dead do, did it better well they well they differentiate between the that type of the white zombie type of zombie and that living dead type of zombie that is, uh, the Night of the Living Dead is considered a modern zombie. Or ghoul. Yeah. Fine. I want Resident Evil to be the modern fucking zombie. Resident Evil 1, amazing. I never played Resident Evil 1. Funny, fun fact. I still this day have never played Resident Evil 1. But you're claiming you like the whole trilogy. I've only played Resident Evil Director's Cut. I have no idea what Resident Evil 1 is. It's a, it's basically the same thing. Just well, why is it called Director's? Oh, it's extra content. Like, in the game? I believe so. And a little bit more mature. There's a little bit more graf- uh, graphic... So that's it. There's yeah. nothing. Okay, so I have played Resident Evil One then. Yeah, it's Resident Evil One. It's just director's cut. Well, I didn't know if it was, you know, if they it's like, added. It's like, like when a movie gets graphics. released. When a movie gets released, unrated yeah. director's cut. Gotcha. 
So yeah, Resident Evil 1 scared the fuck out of me. Uh, literally scared the fuck out of me because of that zombie in the beginning. I uh, never could go through it until I got older. It just literally scared me. Resident Evil 2 introduced Leon and Claire. What I loved about Resident Evil 2 is it introduced the double disc set in, in, in a game. You got one disc, and it's the whole game, but that's the Leon disc where you play as the character Leon. Or you got another disc, which is the whole game, but with Claire, who is Chris Redfield's sister. So it's, it's kind of cool to do that kind of a thing. And two takes you out of the claustrophobia of one and puts you in Raccoon City for the first time. For a little bit, and majority of it then is in the police station. Uh, police station. Right, but you, you at least get, it's, it's expanding the mythology. It is expanding, which is great. Yeah. And it actually makes sense. Because you got Resident Evil 1 where they said that mysterious murders have happened in Raccoon City. So they're going to send the Stars, Bravo team, and Alpha team to the Arcline Mountains to figure out what's happening. Boom, Resident Evil 1 Mansion. Resident Evil 2, typical sequel, the aliens of this of the, uh, of the of the trilogy. You get bigger world, more danger, more gore. City's now infected. Mm -hmm. Love that idea. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis takes place at the same exact time, mere hours or maybe minutes after Resident Evil 2. Pretty much, yeah. And Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is still, to this day, the best Resident Evil game, hands down. <laughs> hands down. One, you start with Jill. I didn't... Don't, no! There's no need to raise your voice. I, I am raising that. my voice because Jill is in a miniskirt. One. Two... That's that's one of your criterias? I'm sorry, but she's hot. Number two, you start the game off because what sucks about Resident Evil 1 and 2 is that in Resident Evil 1... If you start off as Chris Redfield, because you can, because in Resident Evil One you can start off as Chris or you can start off as Jill Valentine. Chris Redfield didn't have a gun; he only had a knife. That was it. So and he had less. He had less inventory space too. He did. So it was like finding a gun is like, oh my god! But what a great idea though for a game. Instead of an easy mode or hard mode, it's the characters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Chris had less inventory and he only had a knife. Jill started out with a handgun. No. Extra ammo, just like fucking 12 bullets and more ammo. I'm sorry, more inventory. Uh, Resident Evil 2, Leon is a police officer, so he has a few rounds of ammo and a handgun. Resident Evil 3, you got Jill in a fucking skirt, and this just starts off with an M16 rifle. But there's no more ammo for that after you use it. It doesn't matter. It's still cool. Because that's, when that's... Nemesis comes in, you... But that's the that's that's one of the most uh, unique things about, especially those early Resident Evil games, is you have to be very careful with your resources. That's something I've always enjoyed and made the game even more terrifying. Mm. Is you are limited on ammo and you are limited on health, and you have to. It's almost becomes, uh, especially. Oh, okay. Have you played the the Resident Evil One remake? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. So they did. So have you played it? Oh my god, what have you done with your life? Continue. I've lived, uh, I went outside. And no! They Stop. added a feature to this that's actually really cool. So, it's already bad enough that you're always searching for ammo and health, okay? What they did here for the remake was, once you kill a zombie, you have to burn its corpse. If you don't, and you come back into that room, it comes back to life, and now it can run after you. And in some cases, they can climb on the walls. Great new feature. Loved it. Scared the shit out of me when that happened. So it, it leads up the... So now another resource you have to utilize strategically is your fire source. Because 
fuel is also limited. So huh. you, you have to kind of make sure, like, okay, am I fully done with this room or this section? Because mm-hmm. if I come back, they're ten times more worse. Yeah. So it leaves you to be like, okay, I do have to come back. Let me burn this body. And you have to, it's just another level of strategic gameplay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And sound effects, of course, and graphics are all enhanced. And it's for the PS4 now. You can get it with, I think, uh, Resident Evil Zero, is it? Oh, my God, that's or, a fun game, too. Or Resident Evil Zero. Zero. Or Operation Raccoon. I don't know. It's it's one of the lesser games, but you can get... It's a double feature game you can get right now. And Resident, uh-huh. Evil, uh, Resident, Evil, Resident Evil Zero is really just by accident, because there was uh, a character in the first game called Rebecca Chambers, who was like a 19-year-old... She's in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. She's in the first game, but you go down to the basement level in the first game, you can play as either character, and you go into a room and she's there. And she's part of the team that went ahead of you, right? She's like, I'm lost, and blah, blah, blah. And she makes one hint, because it's all on YouTube. And that's how the whole game's based on. She makes one hint and said, I came here by train when I got lost. Hmm. And then that's when the creator said, hey, we don't know what to make for the Resident Evil game. Let's call it Resident Evil Zero. So Resident Evil Zero is all about Rebecca Chambers and her first team members getting onto a train. So the whole game in Resident Evil Zero is a fucking train infested with zombies leading to the mansion. Interesting. Resident Evil, my ending argument, is such a big history for Brother Brandon and I. It is a huge fucking history for Brother Brandon. I mean, the original trilogy was our childhood almost in a nutshell we played those games religiously together we fucking loved the storylines with i mean everything about resident evil there was a good two three years where all we cared about was resident evil would you agree uh, before the movies um i would say that as well as doom like it's yeah those doom were, yeah yeah doom was big for us yeah because it was just eventually like essentially the first mature games i got my hands into yeah. It's just, it's just what's so cool about Resident Evil is that you have this fucking awesome mythology that you can just base everything on. It's just, it's gorgeous. But Resident Evil 3 is great because of Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Nemesis is my guy. So, now, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was wanted to get Ryan because uh, he said you played the first two. Yeah, but I played them when I was a kid and I haven't played them since. Uh, my memory of them is, is, is spotty. Um, I do know, like I do remember being scared mm-hmm. by them same thing with silent hill yeah oh yeah, yeah um being afraid to play them but like once you kill the zombie like the boss zombies mm-hmm. like what's what's the one with the, like the spider thing oh the liquor yeah it's got a oh, long tongue yeah, yeah. What, yep. which yeah, one the is liquor that? the liquor oh but which game is that uh, resident evil 2, two. And the police i game. remember i remember because like it, you're walking down a hallway and it just kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like yeah, all, it's like, on crawl the, ceiling. the ceiling and yeah. shit the i remember being terrified of that but i remember being like so exhilarated when i beat it and stuff yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, the same creature in the same game. There's a moment that terif- I can remember still terrifying the shit out of me, and it's a jump scare. But it's when you're in uh, one of the interrogation rooms and there's a two-way mirror, <laughs> and you get done getting the item you need in that room, and right when you turn around, it bursts through yeah. the two-way mirror, and you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like it's fight or flight. <laughs> but, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, but Nemesis. What was great about that game was this is a creature that's lumbering huge and he pursues you the entire game he has an intelligence unlike the other bosses so it's like in most creatures if you kind of remember simply just exiting the room you're done with that creature not with nemesis you could leave the room nemesis would just come into the room and still go after you he would say stars because his whole mission was to destroy stars members Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Stars members are a special SWAT type unit for the Raccoon City Police Department. Is it like the movie, the second movie? Right. Okay. In a way, yeah. They they murder it, but yeah, in a way. And that's his sole mission. But what they don't do in the movie is what's also great in the game. They don't miss the movie, but uh, Nemesis and the Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, he has these three tentacles that come out of his hand. They don't do this in the movie. But the reason why the tentacle is interesting is because that's how he infects civilians to become zombies. So when it stabs you or goes through, penetrates you somehow with these tentacles, remember that? Because that's how he kills uh, Brad Vickers in the beginning of the, um, the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. He turns into a zombie later on. So fun fact. But anyway, uh, brother Brandon, what about you, buddy? What's your number two? Uh, mine is a PC game, and this is the game that I play religiously. It came out in 2002, uh, and it's uh, Medieval 2 Total War. Have you, are you aware of any of the Total War games? I'm not. Is that like um, Civilization? Civ, as they call it? Right. It, it, it's turn-based. And um, like real-time like strategies and tacticalities. Okay. I've, no, no, I've never played those. But it's not, I, I really like Medieval. Is it like actual Medieval history? Yeah. So I really like medieval history and stuff like that. I do that. too. It's it's probably one of my favorite eras, and it's you know, it, between the years of um, I have it marked down here. It's between the years of 1080 AD all the way to 1530. Oh, AD. so it's right before the Enlightenment. Right. Oh, it's pretty cool. So you can start. The factions are there's numerous factions. You either start out, you start out with a little, um, and then if you beat the game. You can it opens up the map to playing numerous ones, so you can end up playing as Egypt down the game or down later in, the, in another game, or you can end up playing as um, uh, the Byzantine Empire, uh, the Turks. Like you can really expand, but you start off with either as England, France, uh, Scotland, Milan. You can you could play as I believe. Or I don't know if you can start off with Spain or Portugal as well too. But so do you. You start off as that country and you try to take over Europe, or do you start off as like a tribe and build up from there? There's two different ways. You can do short uh, campaign, or you can do long campaign. Short campaign is typically so. I'm trying to. I I usually start off with England, and the short campaign for England is you gotta you gotta take control of 15 regions, and you gotta eliminate two rivals you got to uh, completely eradicate scotland and you got to completely eradicate france okay and then once you do that you win the game um long term long based is uh you got to control i think 40 regions oh wow and not only do you have to eliminate your rivals you also have to make sure to uh, take over the jerusalem region so it's really it's, it focuses a lot on uh, warfare, religion, politics. Uh, each city that you take over, you can build up. You can make sure to have, uh, you can control the income, you can control the taxes, you control your citizens' happiness. Um, you also have to deal with real-life threats at the time, like uh, the plague. That's cool. And how, which really sucks, because as you're trying to build up an army or take over the next region, the plague could wipe out your whole army. <laughs> is there um is there a possibility for like a usurper to come uh, come along and try to like are you are you the are you playing as the group or are you the leader like are you like the king or the lord you're you are overseeing everything so let's say if you start off as England 
everything that's owned by England, you're overseeing everything. So let's say you control the entire, because um, you start off, if you play as England, you get London, you get York, and you, or not York, you get London, and Nottingham, I believe. That's where you start off as. So you have to try and take over the rest of uh, the British Isles. So what happened is, is like, I can remember starting off the first village I go for is York. Scotland's trying to get York too. So I invade York, I take over it, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the AI of Scotland comes, attacks and besieges my York, and then now I have to make a decision of, do I let them take over it? Is it gonna help me in the long run, or should I battle them? And then once you click battle, you can go into a real-time event and actually battle in front of your castle or your town, and you have to try and you know, make sure that the imposing force doesn't take over. Yeah, because it's part of the Total War franchise, which my favorite game of the Total War franchise was Napoleon. Napoleon's great. Napoleon's one of my favorite. It actually is really cool to actually see those real-time strategy where you can figure out where your uh, military yeah. people go. So that's what you're talking about. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah Never played this Medieval 2, though. Medieval 2 is my favorite. Uh, I started off with Total War, Total War Rome, where you actually play as Rome. And that's... You like the whole history of Rome or like yeah. just the emperors like the empire the whole Rome like your whole mission is to eventually get so much power that you overtake Rome oh yeah. oh, oh so you have to take over Rome eventually that's your which that's will your be goal. that's pretty legit impossible. that is yeah it's awesome and it's essentially there's uh, like with medieval 2 I'm actually in the middle of a campaign that I've been doing for over a year now because my whole goal is to take over the entire map and you get to a point once you develop because as history goes on so does technology so, like, uh, you get to a point where you get these huge ships that are, you're able to sail across the Atlantic, and then you can discover a little bit of the Americas. So you can take over Florida region, you can take over the Caribbean, you can take over parts of, um, like, Jamaica, the starts of it and stuff like that. How old is this game? This came out in 2002. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. <clears throat> it's a wonderful, wonderful game <clears throat> if you're into turn-based strategy. Uh, I absolutely love it. I, I love, especially when you get so much power. Oh, what's the cool thing about the religion is sometimes the Pope will give you missions and you can choose to accept or decline. And the more you decline, the more you become less in favor and you could actually get excommunicated. Hmm. So within the people start hating you as a government and then you start having riots and you have to start trying to control people. So like I got excommunicated once and one of my regions, which was... Uh, Bruges actually I took over Bruges and in Antwerp actually they happened at the same time the citizens started getting mad at me so I had to start lowering the taxes in order to make them happy so it's like you have to really but the less you, taxes you get the less you can buy for your army right the less you can build for that town which leaves it vulnerable to another faction to come in and take over it's, are, you, are you allowed to create like arbitrary laws that punish a specific religious group uh, not that in depth. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Those are always the most fun. But you can you can also hire spies and assassins. So there could be you could have like I can remember one cool mission was uh, uh, a general from Spain came to me and was like, you know, essentially I hate my father. I want his position. Assassinate him, and I will reward you greatly. So you have to train up an assassin and then try to assassinate the leader of Spain. That's pretty legit. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> the Total War games are great. Yeah, they're amazing. I if you want to get into one, really like get immersed. Napoleon will be a start. No, medieval too. You don't think Napoleon will Probably, be an easy start? No, because it's all that's a little bit more advanced because there's you also have naval 
you, have you do have naval in, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's yeah. feel. I would say medieval two or Rome would be a good start. Interesting. Okay, yeah. that's an interesting point because 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 I would say Napoleon because I actually have Napoleon on my computer and I would so. for someone who's just getting into it only because of the the additional naval strategic Which sucks. campaign that sucks. It's hard. Oh, it's terrible. So I would if anyone else who's wanting to get into a total war game, I I say medieval two medieval. Like, just the Dark Ages is something I've always loved to study. And it's just a great history as well. You get a great... Especially, like, in terms of understanding geography, mm. the game really tells you and helps you, and it's really cool. But that is that is your choice. Total War franchise. Good. I, I've never played Medieval 2, but Total War is a great franchise. I fucking play nonstop. Oh, you really have it on your PC there? Oh, oh God, okay. yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. All right, number two for you, Ryan. So, like most kids of a certain era... There we grew up. I was a huge fan of Pokemon. Mm. I'm yeah. sure you oh, guys yeah. were too. I still am. The original 151 all day. My favorite. Now, the, the only Pokemon <laughs> 151. There's I, no such thing as Generation 2, 3, and 4. Suck it. Now, I will admit, it does get kind of uh, over the top the further <laughs> you go in. There's a tree as a Pokemon. There is a tree, and I do believe he's in the second generation. Yep. Uh, my favorite game of the entire series comes from the second generation, Silver. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, granted, there's not much difference between gold and silver, uh, but I had silver as a kid, not gold. So that's that's why I picked that uh, that the, one over the other one. The only difference between those the, between those different uh, like gold or silver or red and blue, if, from what I remember, is you can only, there's certain Pokemon you can catch. Yeah, certain Pokemon are only in certain games. Is that um, is, is that the only difference between red, blue, and yellow? Really? Uh, well, yellow <laughs> is you 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 have to start out Pikachu. Right. Okay, so fuck yellow. So but like, red and blue, you. Yeah, red, blue, leaf green. Mm -hmm. uh, those the only difference is there's some Pokemon you can catch in one that you can't catch in the other. Um, Forces is forcing you to trade. Yeah. With other people. There are some. Uh, or by the other game. There's something to do with uh, your nemesis in the game. I can't remember exactly what the <clears> big difference is. Um, you you know, you get the same three starter Pokemon in both all all games. Same thing with gold and silver. Same thing with black and white, and then ruby and sapphire. Right. I remember. Dang my throat. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I remember ruby and sapphire because I had it for the I had ruby for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one that came out the Game Boy Advance. I it's I remember this because I'd always get them for Christmas. So like when, so I got a Game Boy Color when it first came out. Uh, and then I got I got or no I got a Game Boy first with blue, the Game Boy Color with silver, Game Boy Advance with uh, ruby, and then I stopped getting Game Boys after that. But um, I just they're they're these games the replayability because I think that's where really the video game has its legacy. Not how cool it is like in the moment, but it's like how many times can you keep playing it and it's still it's still fun. Mm -hmm. And Pokemon, uh, outside of my number one choice, uh, almost every one of those games has an inf like a, a high level of replayability where oh, yeah. you can you can keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Like you can you can go through, catch all the Pokemon, beat all the gyms, beat the the, the, the Elite Four, and but, start over from square one. You're like fuck yes, yeah, yeah. I'll just start with the the different Pokemon. I'll start with the Water one this time. Right, and it's all about just slight variations, like just mm -hmm. like with Medieval Two Total War, like. The replayability, just like with Pokemon, you can do the you can do what you need to do, start over, and just a slight diff. You can be like, well, I want to do it this way now, or I want to do it that way, and it just allows you to do that. It's really fun. So but I know how old, but just for the listeners, uh, I'm 31. 
Best friend Ryan, how old are you? I will be 28 on the 22nd okay. of this month. And brother Brandon? You know how. I'm 28. I, I know for the show. <laughs> oh, the show. 28. Okay, 28. So you guys are both 28. <laughs> the reason why I said that, and the reason why I asked your age, because I knew your guys' age, but I just wanted for the listener's standpoint, okay. was because I have a bad history with Pokemon then, because I only played one Pokemon game. Well, technically two, but the only one that for the Game Boy, the, the main one was 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 blue, because in 1997 I was 10 years old, 11 years old in '98 when when the games really came out. You guys were younger than I was, mm-hmm. so three years apart may not be a big deal this in the adult whole, world. This is the whole Harry Potter conversation, exactly. All over again. But in but but in kid world, three years is a lot. Is a lot. Yeah. So by the time Ruby and Sapphire and Gold and Silver came out, I had I was done. I had no interest. After Red and Blue, the last Pokemon game, I can tell you officially that I know for a fact that I stopped playing was Yellow. I was like, I'm done. No interest whatsoever. Now, but yeah, I okay. I have to ask, especially now. I'm not aware of this after Red and Blue, mm-hmm. but is Missing No in all the other? Uh, versions. I don't want missing. No, it's like a glitch in the system. Okay. Um, no, because that level, that area, mm-hmm. isn't in those games. I didn't know if maybe it was like a tradition they continued. No, it was. Okay. That was just a glitch in the system okay. for that, those, those specific games. It's uh, missing. No, is or missingo, however you want to pronounce it, is just missing number. And if you go, I can't remember exactly what city it is. There's Cinnabar Island. Cinnabar Island. There is this one particular block of land. If you put, um, so you put a particular item, the smartest plays put the Master Ball mm-hmm. uh, in the seventh or slot. Or your rare candies. Or your rare candies. The seventh slot of your inventory. Sixth. Sixth. Semantics. <laughs> I apologize. Well, Brandon, let's just go ahead and say this. Well, if someone wanted to do it now. Yeah, days, days. The sixth slot in your inventory. Not the third. And you kind of, you just surf along this coast, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, until you hit. A wild Pokemon, and sometimes it's a uh, is it a Goldeen. It's really weird. It'll be weird. A tentacle. It's a tentacle, or this this glitch, and you encounter the glitch. Yeah. And I don't remember if you have to you just kill run it. Away. You just run away, and then you automatically get ninety nine of whatever item is in that particular slot. So if you have, so you put your Master Ball, that catches anything. You yeah. can you do that. You can catch all of the legendary Pokemon, including Mew and Mewtwo, if you encounter them. Mew is also. What game was this? Red and blue. This is the first gen. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that story. Yeah, and Mew is also. It's it's a very. Uh, you just can't catch Mew in the wild. You got to go through another like weird fucking process to get to Mew. Is there a Mew two in the original game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in the. Uh, I forgot the cave name. Or if while you're doing missing though, while you're surfing up and down Cinnabar Island. You, what's what's interesting is before you actually get to missing though, you actually can encounter some more glitches before you get into it. So I, I remember going up and down the coast, and I came across a Mewtwo that was level 162. Is that big? They only go to 99. See, that's part of the glitch. Level numbers only go to 99. Holy fuck. And the first, I think now they go to 100, but they used to only but go to 99. fuck, 100 and something. Yeah, or there'd be like a, there'd be like a, a level 120 Golduck. So oh my god, like, a like, gold duck. You're like, what is this? And that but that's just that's just key moments that you know that you're getting close to running into a missing no. See, there was another Pokemon game, and that's why I said yes and no. That I was very jealous of. 
that still to this day, I just don't have, well, I I could right now if I absolutely 100% wanted to, if nothing else mattered. <laughs> I just don't. There's a kid down my street where I grew up. I was jealous of this little fucker. You know why? Motherfucker had an N64. Okay. I had a Genesis, <laughs> but he had a fucking 64, right? Uh-huh. I never was a Nintendo guy, but a fucking 64. He had be Mario, fucking 64. Like, it, that was that was sexy. Is this leading up to Pokemon Stadium? Fuck! The greatest Pokemon game <laughs> of all fucking time. You could he, finally actually, in a 3D universe, have Pokemon fighting a Pokemon. That's what I'm saying, best friend, Ryan. It's like, it's like you don't have to sit there and catch fucking Pokemon and do all this fucking shit. You can pick a Bulbasaur, a Charizard, a Pikachu, and just... Just rape them. Isn't it more... Oh, my God. Isn't life more about the journey than the destination? I want the satisfaction now, sir. That's why I was a smoker. And <sighs> why I'm still, just... still trying. You're a fucking millennial more than I am. I am... How dare you? See, that to me... The millennial is a social construct, but... <laughs> see, that was... That's... Stadium's amazing! I, I, it's fun. But, see, I... I'm with Ryan on like I I there's something much more pleasing when you catch a Pokemon. Like and one you of my, raise it, you, right? You put time and effort into ensuring it's it's. One uh, of the things I made sure to always do is I and the percentage chance is very slim, mm-hmm. but I made sure I found a Pikachu in Viridian Forest in the beginning of the game. That way I could train that fucker up. That way by the time I get to the end, oh, he's good. He's All good. right, I just I just good. I just like I just good. I just love the graphics of Pokemon Stadium. I just love... You have every Pokemon besides the Muse to your fucking disposal. It's just fucking... What a great fucking game that was. And that's that's what that's what I loved about Pokemon was that goddamn game. My wife just now does not understand that Pokemon Go is not popular anymore, but she's still playing it. <laughs> oh, I haven't played Pokemon Go, I think, since like two months after it came out. Yeah, same. Once I ran out of the free stuff, I, yeah. it was She's like, look at all this cool stuff I got. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Pokemon's a good choice, man, yeah, because it's just... My ending argument was, it's, again, in, a, in adult world, three years is not even a big deal. But in kid world, it is. And I guess Pokemon came out just when I was old enough to really like well, it, I but think then the next year I was like, fuck it, give me something else. When Pokemon you know I mean? became super popular, uh, I think I was in fourth grade. So like, well, in America. Yeah, like 97, it, 98 in America. It came out in 96 in Japan. Yeah, 97 I, in America. When it became huge? And here in the United States, yes. Okay. I was 10 years old, and I was born in 87, so 97. All right. All right. Trust me on that one. Okay. All right. Well, I remember I think, well, because I got my first one when I was 10 in 2000. That's okay. when I got my first Game Boy. Mm. Um, and I think my, my, my counter-argument for you, the whole you know three years is a, a lifetime thing. I think maybe you didn't, you, you, f- you felt like maybe you might be too old, more, too mature for it because that was around the time New Metal became big and you were like Limp Bizkit. I, you know, no. I did do it all for the Nuki. Yeah, um, no. So you said 2000, you were 10? Yeah. In 2001, which is, again, in Kid World, you know, next year, right? I was a freshman in high school. So in 2000, I was 13. 
Oh, you weren't going to play Pokemon? I mean, I'm 13 years old. Next year, I'm a freshman in high school. That's a big deal. And you get your frosted tips. That's what yeah, you get your frosted tips, you fuck pussy. You, know. you get your dick sucked at prom. You get your dick sucked at prom. That's what you fucking do. Pokemon, Harry Potter. I feel I was always raised to just be yourself, enjoy, you do what you enjoy. So I mean, I played Pokemon in high school. Yeah, I've never. Like, my, I guess my my whole being in high school and even in early years when I was thirteen wasn't wrapped up in like, oh, I'm gonna get some puss. <laughs> no, get up in them guts. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call me kidney puncher for nothing. No, my existence at, at 13 and 14 years old in school was not to get fucking beat the fuck up. Oh, well, see, that's the thing. You just got to stand up for yourself. If they, if yeah, they... but when you got six guys saying you're playing that Pokemon, and you're like, yep, you're done. I don't know. I've seen it. Like, yeah, but that's, that's strange. Like, you grew up in some weird dystopian, like, we talked about that before, like, some weird dystopian version of that's, that's, that's of the, what high school is. That's what reality was. I went to high school, too. I, I was that kid who, who brought in comic books. I was the kid who played like, Pokemon. I was the kid who brought in card, like, trading cards and stuff to high school. Not once did yeah. someone threaten me with physical violence. Hey, boy, <laughs> playing that game? Yeah. That's, that's for queers. Queers do that. Yeah. Never experienced. And I went to a, like, now, granted, it's not as small as Did you graduate 52 people in your school? Uh, we graduated 175. Yeah, 52. But I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I didn't go to as small of an area. I didn't grow yeah. up in a small, but I grew up in a very conservative white town. Yeah. In middle Ohio. Yeah. And I never experienced any of that stuff. Well, I'm just telling you exactly what I saw. I knew what would happen. I sit in the bathrooms. I'm like, nope, I'm done. High school. I'm 14 years old. I'm a freshman. I want to watch Scary Movie 2. I think about lip biscuit and pussy, and corn, and, and corn, and in three that doors order. down, in that order, and yeah, the vegetable. Yes. Okay. Yes. I uh, to, before we move away from Pokemon, there's something I want to I'm mm-hmm. I want to I want to make sure to I'm try to remember. I have this book called the Kanto Field Guide. Um, it's hardback. It's a very rare. There were not many were made. But it was uh, drawn by a woman who treated it as if all the Pokemon were actual real animals. Mm. And she drew it as if, like, she was out in Kanto Field drawing them. Oh, that's cool. So it's all 151 drawn in realistic animal form. I see and, those on Google. Oh, man. It was. It didn't last long. They're, they're going for almost 200 bucks now. Uh, but I snagged one while I could. I, it was one of those things. It was. I found the window right at the right time, grabbed a copy, and it's beautiful. I look at it all the time. So I'll have to try and bring it over next time and let you, yeah. let you look at no, it. I'd like to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Number one for me is Alien Isolation, the greatest game of ever of all time. <sighs> okay. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. All I'm right, so- Brandon, what is your... <laughs> it is. Uh, I have to... I knew you were going to... I I knew that was going to be number one for you. Yeah. Uh, but I have my two cents on the game is it's it actually made the Xenomorph interesting again for me. Yeah, it did. It was it was it, it's great. <laughs> it's a fun game. No, it, it's great. I remember when I would play certain levels, and I'd be like, Brandon, I'm going to this place. I would message him on Facebook, and he'd be like, Oh, just wait till you get to this one point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what one point? I'll message him back in real time. Oh fuck! <laughs> you know uh, why Alien Isolation is 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 so good. Uh, it's because for Brother Brandon and I, who grew up with aliens, for us, it was Terminator, Predator, Freddy, Michael, Jason, Alien. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was that kind of ballpark area. I mean, I like that. That was more you than anything. That's what we watch all the time at Grimm. I'm just... 
But it was, it was what was available all the time, too. Which is a generalization, so just go with it for now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was just, it's just a generalization of us who grown up. And, you know, so Alien is such a big part of my life and such a big part of my childhood. And then when you got AVP, uh, the game that came out uh, a few years ago for Xbox 360, I was very, very upset with that game because it just it just was not at all what I was expecting because, oh, my God, I get to play as the actual Marines. And, oh, this is going to be great. And this is so oh, – oh, my God, I can play as an alien too and a facehugger. I could play as a predator. This is fucking awesome. The game is mediocre at best. Shit. The right. game got a lot of flack because it was one of those. It's one of the good examples people talk about where a developer promises everything that's gonna be in the game and then it's not in the game. Not mm. in the game. So I'm, I'm I'm greatly disappointed. And then I had a buddy uh, who loved watching E3, and there was a trailer for Aliens, Colonial Marines, and they were like, Alien Three never happened. This is the events that happen after Aliens. This is the 20th Century Fox approved sequel of Aliens. Oh my god! You know, just freaking the fuck out. Can't wait to buy the game. I buy the game brand new, 60 fucking dollars. I hate it. <laughs> I haven't played it since I beat it. But I still own it because it's Aliens. And this is how the game makes no sense. You are Colonial Marine in the Aliens Colonial Marine game. You are a rookie Marine unnamed. I forget his fucking name. You're on the Sulaco. You don't fight aliens on the Sulaco. You fight Whaling yutani mercenaries. Humans. And then eventually you get to Hadley's Hope on LV426. Which, mere hours before, was blown up by a nuclear reactor, but everything is still fine. And Hicks is not on the Sulaco that was a clone, and he's fucking on Hadley's Hope, sending a distress signal to bring in the rest of the Marines that have survived from the first, from Aliens. <laughs> like Alpone, like, you know, uh, the drill sergeant okay. from, from Aliens. Just shit. And I've said, and other reviewers have said, Alien... And Aliens are great fucking films. So you fucked up with the Colonial Marines. That's what everybody wanted to play. You fucked up. Give us a survival horror alien game. Give us Alien 1. What would it be like for Alien 1? And the son of a bitch just fucking did it. <laughs> alien Isolation is probably perhaps the best fucking video game I've ever played in my fucking life. I played a handful of good ones. I mean, you are Amanda Ripley, who was Ripley's daughter, who was just hinted in the aliens. So that's a nice, rich backstory. You are going to try to find out what happened to your mother from the Nostromo, but then you are fucking uh, by yourself with an alien in an isolated, floating city, and you have yeah, you have no weapons at all. You have nothing. And what's really cool about the game is that how old school games or even more modern games you can figure out how the ai works and you're like oh i just gotta move to the left and i'm fine the alien the the fucking uh the fucking guys who created the game has over a hundred different moves the alien does so if you die by one scenario and you try to repeat that scenario going oh i gotta move to the left this time 
fuck you, the alien will come at you at the left that time. There is no way of knowing what the alien will do. It's fucking creepy. It is the best. It's just so it's so amazing. It's 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 heavy stealth based. Like you have to you have to utilize stealth more than anything. Um, it is I don't know. It is very. I, I love the atmosphere. They they paid great homage to the first movie. Yeah. So like everything in the game is seventies based. What future technology would be? Oh, okay. So they recreated. It looks just like Alien. Yeah. And um, you actually can play if you're a fan of Alien. Download the Nostromo pack, which comes with the game if you if you buy the game, and you play as Ripley, Dallas, or Parker, and you're in the fucking Nostromo. I didn't even play the fucking mission. I just walked around for two hours and going, "There's the medical bay. There's Rakane. Get the what did we do? This is I just freaked the fuck out. The most beautiful game I've ever seen in my life. Oh my fucking god. You don't even fucking know. I've never played it. You don't even fucking know. I've never played it. I mean, I tell would, me this does not sound amazing. I would recommend it. I mean, um, it sounds like fun. Yeah, it's 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 essentially uh, it's set up almost like a classic haunted house trope. And mm. you're just trying to escape the xenomorph. And what's cool about why I mentioned earlier why you have to really utilize stealth more than anything is because any noise you make simply just running will alert the, the xenomorph. Or breathing. Or breathing. Uh, only if it's, like, near you and stalking. And you have to, like, go into the locker and hold your mic. Right. One of the cool features that they add to the Alien universe in this game is that this takes place... Because, remember, Aliens happens 57 years after Alien. And a lot can happen in 57 years. So this game takes place in between those two films. And on this Sevastopol, mm -hmm. on this living cloud city kind of thing... Uh, you have androids like Ash from the first movie. They're called Working Joes. But they're called Working Joes. And they're construction workers, essentially. But they're all fucked up and they're murderers. Okay. Just like Ash was. So not only do you got to fight with an alien, but what pisses you off and what makes you shit yourself is that you're fucking crawling down an air vent. You get out of it, right? You have the motion tracker. You know, beep, beep, beep. You have no fucking weapons. Which even then you can't use, like, you can bring up to know where motion, but even if it's it's so loud that even just holding it will alert the xenomorph. Oh, okay. And you don't know where it's coming from, <laughs> right? So then you alert it. Okay, nothing's around, right? So then you turn a corner. All you got's a fucking hammer. All you got's a hammer, Ryan. All of a sudden a working Joe shows up and he's like, I'm going to help you, but he strangles you. And as soon as that noise is heard, the alien comes up, so you have to fight the alien and the fucking working Joe. Okay. At once. So it makes you go, oh, fuck, what do I do? It, it's, it's so cool. It, there's more, it, it leads to strategy. It lead, you have to, you just can't run into a level and just think you're going to own it. You have to really be decisive. You have to know what's the best path and how to handle it. And it's, it's actually a really unique game. I enjoyed it. And the end argument... This is the third time I've played it, and the third time is different than the second, and it's different than the first. It's a different game every time you play it, hmm. because no matter what you do, remember, the alien has a, over a hundred different AI moves. It's, it's, that's just the coolest part. It's like playing a new game every time, hmm. because the first time you played, he came out of this air vent. The second time you played, you're in that level, he comes out of that air vent. 
the third time you play it, he's right fucking behind you. Which is something I wish I, I wish the the model that they used for Alien Isolation I wish they would have used for the Friday the Thirteenth game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fuck that game! I was so excited to play it anyway. <laughs> anyway, so play the game, Ryan. Don't just quit your job. D- divorce, divorce your wife, buy the game, and just fucking play it right now. Quit the show right now and go play that game. All right. Well, I'll see you guys. You told him. I did tell him. He he won't do it. Anyway, Brother Brandon, what's your number one? Uh, My number one is, uh, like I said earlier, the last one is a game that inspired me as an adult. Um, I won't go into much detail because it is very current and a lot of people know of it. My number one is Bioshock. Oh! What's that noise? I only like the first one. I'm talking about the first one. I know, but the other two (laughs) suck. I don't think so. No. But that's another discussion. All right. <laughs> but first, would you kindly tell me what's going on? Spoilers. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. No, uh, Bioshock is something that uh, I I love philosophy. I love world building. Um, this game has, even though the game is modeled off of more of Ayn Rand's philosophy objectivism, she was a nutcase. But still, I, I like the idea behind it. I like the idea behind Andrew Ryan's reasoning for creating Rapture. Uh, you're, I love, I love uh, disto- like cities that strive to be a utopia but crumble, pretty much like uh, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World or you know George Orwell's uh, 1984. Like all those elements are are you can find hints and pieces of that in Rapture. And it's very unique. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun, fun game. It's an FPS, first-person shooter. Uh, you get to play as this guy named Jack, and you have to pretty much, as you're using him to explore Rapture, you're learning more of Rapture and why it's dilapidating. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very odd, obscure, frightening world. It's something that you can almost kind of mirror what could possibly happen. You know, uh, it being basically the whole idea of rapture and objectivism is that artists and or anyone who wants to just go, who wants to be more of influence of their happiness, they want to you know, focus more on their life and not have to worry about being pressured with other things. They all come to this one city. Uh, unfortunately, the bad thing about that is there's no the enterprise is all for someone on their own individuality. So it's like I, you and I could go into business in Rapture and you could sell cigarettes, I want to sell cigarettes. And it becomes a fight for whose attention we can get more to get our cigarettes. So it's, you're, and you can't have any outside sources. That was one of Andrew Ryan's things. It's like nothing from outside world can come into Rapture and nothing can leave. So obviously egos and, and power is going to shift and that's why Rapture is crumbling. So it's a very, it's a very in-depth game. Um, when it gets to the final game, Bioshock Infinite, the ending, I think, is one of the most mind-blowing, amazing things ever. A lot of people say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Bioshock's my number one. Do you Have you ever played Bioshock? Nope. You know if you know what Rapture is? I mean, I know the basic... It's a sunken city. Mm-hmm. No, it's not sunken. It's built underground. It's, it's, oh, built, it's built underwater? It's, it's built underwater. Oh, okay. It's not sunken, yeah. I know it's like a horror game and all that stuff. It's also set in the 50s, but it's not set in the 50s. 60s. It's not set in the '60s, but it is set in the '60s, right? Because um, because it, it's not actually the '60s, but the 
No, no. Model is the 60s. No, actually, it's... um. The actual time frame is the 60s. It's just the Rapture is modeled off of more. It's it's a lot of Art Deco. It's modeled off of more of the 30s setting. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, the first game was cool. I will 100% give Brandon that. And I would... It, it, would you kindly let me allow to continue my input on this? Would you kindly? <laughs> sure. Wait, are oh. you... Oh, like spoilers and stuff? No, would you kindly is something that's in the first game. That you find out that is it's a, a big it's sport. A plot. It's a major plot. Point. It's a major uh, plot. Interesting. Point. So I'm asking him, would you kindly allow me? Uh, but anyway, but Bioshock 2 I didn't like because in Bioshock 1, you are this person. And then Bioshock, uh, but also in Bioshock 1, you have to face these giant, like, They're 1930s uh, guys, like in these uh, submarine suits, you know what I'm talking about? You know, like the old school ones with the giant Yeah, I know dogs. the dude's got the drill. And, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Called, it's called a Big Daddy. Well, number two, you you play as a big daddy, and you're huh. not the guy from the first game. It's just you are a big daddy. Is um, I don't like that. Is Infinite just like a remake, but on a in the sky? No, no, okay. and I I can't go any more. I can't go into more detail because it it would lead me into start ruining the ending. Ah, um, there's a yeah. reason why the city is in the sky. Yeah, there time, is a reason, and it's oh, it, yeah, it, it gives me chills. The ending, I will give Brother Brandon this. The ending is pretty fucking clever. Uh, I don't think they're going to make another Bioshock. I think they're done. It's been fucking seven years since Infinite came out. It's been in talks. There's, uh, There are two, they said, and I kind of hope, um, I'll, I'll mention the former and the latter. I'm kind of hoping they go more towards the latter. But they said uh, the possibilities is the former being uh, they're going to do a city in space. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just like, space has been done. Yeah. The latter, which is I think would be amazing, is doing a city near the core of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Where the mm. heat is still viable. And I'm like, that point. would be more interesting. So like, so like Bioshock 1 is Rapture, the city underneath the water. Mm-hmm. 50s, 30s, Art Deco kind of stuff. The second one, same setting. The third one, you have the same kind of basic principle but instead of a city underwater, it is a literally a floating city. And when I mean a Columbia. floating city, it is like a fucking like zeppelin underneath floating. Like it's 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 brilliant. It's beautiful to look at. And it's uh, it, it models a lot of like uh, early 1900s colonial type esque like visage. Like it, it everything and it's. Um, it's, it's, it's clothing, it's, it's structure, everything is off the early 1900s. Comstock? Am I thinking that? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is that name right? Comstock? That's the uh, overseer of Columbia, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Comstock. So, the idea of the game is really cool. I really like the first game a lot. It's a great first-person shooter game, but the reason why I kind of just got off of it was because, the, because in the first game, you had to fight big daddies, which were just impossible to fucking Not kill. Not just big daddies, but... Of course, but you know, <laughs> but you, but you had to fight big daddies and more other enemies, and big daddies were a motherfucker to kill, you know. And then in the second game, you automatically wake up and you're a big daddy, no matter how it is. Well, it's it's much more in depth than that, but I won't waste time. Exactly. I, but you're a big daddy. And it's like, oh, okay. What's the point? I I think it's awesome. You like number two? I think it's fun. Really. It just continues. It continues the history of Rapture. All right. Uh, you learn Valid. more of why it fell apart. Um, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I I think it's a solid trilogy. I didn't Rapture fall apart on New Year's Eve. 
because there's a lot of New Year's stuff in the in the decorations. Again, I don't want to say much. All right. <laughs> but um, I don't know. The reason why, and this will end my part on it, the reason why I liked Bioshock so much, and I still do, is one of the first games to really show me that games can be just as art as a novel or as a movie. Like, you can really use a game to develop a story, a rich story, and it's, I don't know, it's so well-crafted, and I don't know, that's another game I would highly recommend. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, best friend, Ryan, what you got, number one? Uh, my number one favorite video game of all time is a classic. I do believe it's unassailable. It is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Never played. Never played it. Nope. I played that one is... Mario game my whole life. Which one? 64? No. Mario. Mar- Mario? The oh. Very, the very Super, Super Mario Brothers? The one for the original Nintendo. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. You're missing out. <laughs> that... I mean, I've seen people play other games, but yeah. As I stated, uh, basically, what I what I consider a great video game is its replayability. Not mm-hmm. necessarily how in-depth the story is. Pretty or... much any Mario game. Yeah. Yeah. Just how fun is it to replay? And I can read that. Super Mario World is the game I have played the most in my life. I have that uh, Raspberry Pi gaming system I showed you guys. I have played, I think, I've had it for over a year. I've played 10 games on it, maybe, um, because I have constantly replayed Super Mario World. Um, I it doesn't take me any time at all. I, I can beat the game in maybe an afternoon because I like I know where everything is now. Right. Is it a short game? It's not a very no. It's not really a short game because there's all these like extra levels, hidden levels. Like there are a lot of levels where you can have two ways of beating it, and it'll branch off into a different section that'll lead you eventually back to the same spot as you go to another area. But it's I mean because like, but I know how where to go. I know how to get everything. Um, I just think like the the music for it is great, the animation for it is great. It's brightly colored, which holds your attention very well. Um, I know it sounds a little reductive, but it's it's a, I, I take that as a positive. Um, There's something to be said about, and here's, I. Some of the seriousness behind games today, is a little, it's dry to me, and it's it's becoming so repetitive and uninspired. It feels like, so when a game. And this is why something I love about Nintendo more is Nintendo still gravitates towards classic gameplay. You know, being a game. See, I'm a I'm a big fan of the side scrollers. Oh yeah, me uh, too. Because that's I mean that's what we grew up on. That's point what and I clicks love. too for me. Yeah, I love point I, and clicks. I'm not. I've never been able to get into the first person shooters like Halo or Call of Duty. Those are just those don't appeal to me. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Their Battlefield, I thought, was pretty fun, mainly because I could fly planes and stuff, but I like actual gameplay of it. It doesn't interest me at all. But like, I could play... And, like, Mario 64, I like, but, again, I, like, I'm not huge into it. Right. Like, I am into Super Mario World, and uh, I love Super Mario Bros. 3. Like, that's oh, a great yeah, game. that's a great one. Um, but, yeah, like, a Sonic, I love Sonic. I've played Earthworm Jim a couple times, but I've never, like, I've never beat the whole game. Right. Um, but, yeah, it just... They're, they have these new games out that they put on the, the PlayStation Network or some you can play online that are side-scrollers or throwbacks. There's this one. I can't remember what it's called, but you have to collect hearts, and it has something to do with music. I played it like... Castlevania? Six... No, no, no. This is like an independent game. Okay. Um, it's it's a short game. It probably takes... I think it probably takes like two hours to beat. 
right. it was just a short flash game. Um, but it's a side-scroller throwback to the games we grew up on, and I think uh, it's wonderful. I know Shovel Knight was amazing. I don't know if you ever played that. I've never played that. Shovel Knight is really good. What Mario game introduced Yoshi? Was that 2 or was that World? Super Mario World. Okay, so, okay, wait. So you got Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, which is actually a, a, another game they remastered and they just put Mario characters on top of. Um, it was called Doki Doki Panic in Japan. But Super- it's actually Super Mario Bros. 2. Is, 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 in is, America. Is it, is it canon? Yes. Okay. Yes, but um, so if you ever get the the combo packs that have uh, like the collection where it's got Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Bros. Two, um, Super Mario Bros. Three, and then the Lost Levels, mm-hmm. the Lost Levels is the actual Super Mario Two that was in Japan. Okay. But it just didn't, it didn't get released here in America for a long the longest time because it was too hard for American audiences. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just a harder version of Super Mario Brothers or a harder version of Mario Brothers. Um, and then those are all on the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. But then once once you get the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, that's when Super Mario Brother, uh, Super Mario World came so out. So World is three. It's four technically, but it's what's three? Super Mario Bros. three. That's okay. the uh, basic uh, to help like maybe like help with your memory. Three is where you get the the classic raccoon tail. That you get lets the frog. You, like, soar. Mm-hmm. I really like the frog suit. Yeah, on yeah, that one's good. So Yoshi was introduced in two. He was introduced in Super Mario World. Yoshi's in the first game? He's in the fourth game. World, world, world. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. World. Super Mario World 2 is called Yoshi Island. I really, really want a Nintendo Switch so bad because I hear Super Mario Odyssey is phenomenal. My, yeah, my cousin okay. really likes it. So you got Super Mario Brothers. You really want to go through the list? No, no, no. no. Oh. I'm just, I'm trying to You got Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> you got Mario that, Brothers. I do believe it's called just Mario Brothers. That might be Super Mario Brothers. The game that I know from Nintendo. I think Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. The standard game yeah. that I know from Nintendo, yeah. right? So you the got... The one that comes with Duck Hunt? Yeah. The one where you can't go backwards. Right. Thank you! Thank you. Okay, gotcha. So you got Super Mario Brothers. You got Super Mario Brothers 2 Yoshi's Island? No. No. That's Super Mario World 2. Okay, so yeah, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Two, Super Mario Brothers Three, and then Super Mario Brothers World. Yes, but it's just Super Mario World. It's, it's not just Super, Super Mario. Mario. Brothers. Okay, Super Mario, World. and then and then the sequel to that is Yoshi Island. Yoshi yeah, Island. Yoshi Island. And then they got to the sixty-four. And they had an RPG game in there. So Yoshi was introduced in your favorite game of all time. Yes, World. and I do believe I do believe Super Mario World is the biggest, the best-selling game of all time. Like I do believe it's moved the most units of any game ever. And that was introduced in the NES. Yeah, I'm Super, sorry, Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo in 1993, I think. And the and you, and, and you said the third one was when he had the the raccoon. raccoon look. Mm-hmm. What's the second game? I don't know if it's I've fucking heard. weird because I, I hate the art direction in two. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of that game. Um, but it's just it was this game, and Japan was released as Doki Doki Panic, and then for America they just replace the characters with Mario characters. So you got Peach, uh, Toad, Luigi, Mario you can play as. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't even know what the concept is. I don't even know what the point of the game is. You're in a book yeah. or something like that. Because it was like an old... like Doki Doki Panic, uh, the characters are Arabian and it has something to do with that culture. But it... Yeah. Yeah, you could play as Peach. I don't know if that jogs your memory, Jordan. She like, could fly. She could that's hover. The, that's the logo. I yeah. remember this. Yeah. Mario Madness. Yeah, well, that's just like a special edition of it. But like you throw radishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, is, it was a weird game. Uh, to me, mo- it, the, the the unappeal for me was mostly the art direction. It, it, it looks cheap and, and bland, and I didn't like it. I'm trying to remember this. I'm sorry, all, all the listeners. I'm looking up uh, images. 
But yeah, that's uh, so we don't go on a whole lot further. That that is my favorite game of all time. Uh, infinite replayability. I never get bored. I know where everything is. I know how to do everything. I know how to beat everything. But I I, I still get the same joy mm-hmm. doing all of that every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's oh, there's a shit ton of games I could have talked about. You know, like Red Dead Redemption, Uncharted series. Like I had a couple um, honorable mentions. Um, Arkham City. Yeah. Oh, super fan. God. Grand- I think Arkham Asylum is a better story, but Arkham City is a better game. I think it's more fun to play. Yeah, I think you, you I punch think, a shark in the face. I think some of the sequences in Arkham Asylum are better than a lot of the stuff in Arkham City, but the open worldness of it I I'm I have not played um, Arkham Knight. Is that the last I'm one? Not a fan. I played I haven't played all the way through, I played the maybe twenty minutes and I was like, This is okay. But Arkham City I think is Check out Origins, you'll love it. Origins. Is that the, um, oh my God. the the uncredited the prequel. episode thing? No, 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 no. That's it's it's Arkham. It's it's Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. You got Arkham Origins, which is made by a different developer, but it's pretty much the same game, and it's all about the villains becoming the villains that they are. And it is the island times two, so okay. it's half the size of Arkham Knight, but it's bigger than the city. Okay, and, and that's your first night as Batman, right? Okay. Your first year. Your first year is Batman. All right. Um, other honorable mentions for me was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Mm. Boo. Boo, you didn't like San Andreas? Vice City. Vice City. See, I have, I have, See, three years. Vice City is fine, but I think San Andreas is better. Yeah, no, Vice City probably is still the best Grand Theft Auto game so far. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, some me, uh, uh, Madden games. Gotta play Madden games. Um... And then a game that I remember that I owned, um, that I, I I just I just forgotten for years. But after all my searching on YouTube, WWF Warzone in nineteen ninety nine. Was that for the sixty four? That was for the PlayStation. Huh. And uh, God, the worst game you can think of of WWF, but it was cool <laughs> back at the time. So, uh, but yeah, no. So, if you like this episode, everybody, make sure to download this episode and many others. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can check us out on Twitter, at movieguyspod, and at Facebook, movieguyspodcast. You can find our show podcast, including others, such as Movie Guys Podcast, 40 Distraction, Underground Hot Pot, and Hey, I Like That Game. There may be some more shows coming up your way in the future, but continue the downloads, and thank you so much. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode of PodPass. But, Brother Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Yep, yep, as always. And, Brother, uh, best friend Ryan, thank you so much. You ruined it. I did. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Night, everybody.